all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I'm a pathologist, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dr. Michelle Owens, who is an OBGYN and expertise in maternal fetal medicine. And our special guest today is Dr. Stephanie Thomas, who is a podiatrist here in Jackson with an office in Clinton and we are talking it's called premier foot clinic though y'all by the way premier foot clinic you want to have those premier feet you got to step up in premier foot clinic and we're talking about feet it's the foot show everybody's got an achy foot everybody's got a smelly foot an itchy foot and you know y'all have those thick toenails you're going to call in about that as well we are here to take all of your questions and comments at 1877 MPB ring that's 1877 672-7464. You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. Hey, Dr. Owens. Well, hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Couldn't be better. Well, I'm so excited. It's foot show day. Are you kidding me? It's like the foot best. Foot show is always the highlight. I mean, all things icky nickyas. We're going to be talking about icky nickyas. <laughs> We wish we were in the studio in person for the foot show, but we are on Skype, so we are still socially distancing and um, being careful. And uh, probably all, all three of us, I would imagine, have been vaccinated for uh, that yes. coronavirus. If y'all have heard of such, have heard of this thing, there's this coronavirus, and um, we encourage you all to uh, make the right decision for yourself. But uh, we are advocates of the vaccine and of continuing social distancing practice. And um, so just to put that out there, we like to start our show kind of talking about how things are going out there. Uh, Dr. Owens, how are things in the hospital? Are things getting uh, changed up any, or do you feel like there's less stress? Um, I, so I don't know that there's necessarily less stress. What I will say is I believe that um, because of a very um, concentrated effort to provide vaccinations for, you know, the healthcare providers. Um, that has, I think there's a little bit more of relief um, amongst those people who are vaccinated. Um, that being said, we do still recognize that um, it, we don't, we don't necessarily know that we'll be fully immune or, but we do believe that it will help to keep us safer and lessen the likelihood of us getting severe disease. So I think there's a little bit of relief among those of us who've been vaccinated. Um, we know that we do still have to remain vigilant, but um, that part at least has made it a little bit better. And we've got a lot of uh, positive um, feedback from 
you know, patients who come into the hospital who are vaccinated. And so it's good to see that um, the vaccine is getting out to people in the community and that they are also choosing um, to add this to their armamentarium of weapons against the, uh, up against the virus. Um, we still have lots of people who come in who are positive, lots of people who, um, you know, need respiratory support and who require, um, you know, therapy in order to help um, optimize them from a respiratory standpoint. So give them the support to, to really um, outlast the virus. Uh, but it is it's definitely better. I think people are just starting to feel like there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, even though we, you know, we're still maxed up and we're still kind of trying to minimize gatherings and things of that nature. Um, I think people are much more hopeful, uh, that we are going to eventually get through this and, um, that, that there will at least be something that looks like, um, normalcy, um, coming. It may be a new normal. I'm sure it will be a new normal, but um, there's definitely uh, a bit of hope that I would say did not exist, you know, nine, nine or 10 months ago, people were a lot more uncertain, a lot more anxious. So, um, and I think that's going to, I anticipate that that will only continue to improve. That will only continue to grow. I think that there will be more and more optimism as we learn more, become more familiar with this virus as we learn more about it and find out um, how we can best protect ourselves. I would like to add, though, and, and I'm I'm with you. Getting the vaccine does. It's almost like we're superheroes or super have superpowers because we've been vaccinated. And I can tell I'm a little more relaxed, but I am slightly concerned about this weekend, which is a weekend where a lot of people gather together and it will be indoors. So I'm hoping that people will still be vigilant about uh, the same things we've been talking about since the beginning. But that's something I've been trying to uh, emphasize with patients and uh, just staying vigilant and not assuming, yes, a vaccine is coming so I can relax now. Yeah. Dr. Thomas, how has coronavirus impacted your practice at the Premier Foot Clinic? Sadly, what has happened as far as the, at least my private practice is, I think initially a lot of people were just afraid to come out and there was a delay in going to the doctor and or the ER settings. Um, and so last year, I probably have done more amputations than I've had in a long time. Yeah. And that's, been, yeah, that's, and that's really because of a delay in treatment. Um, some of it is, I guess, what COVID has done, even from the, the family doctor's perspective, a lot of them are doing telehealth visits and there's not face-to-face. -face, and there's still this thing. Yes, I know. That's what I make mine do. <laughs> Dr. Owens just stuck her foot in the camera for me. But so she's right. And I like the tennis shoe, by the way. See, see but, there? Um, no, no spiky heels. You, I thought you'd be proud. I did that for you, just for you. <laughs> but I think that, unfortunately, you know, that led to people just not being seen as quickly as possible. Um, so we've been trying to just remind patients that just because you're not physically in the office 
you can still tell your doctor what's going on. And just like Dr. Owen showed me her gorgeous tennis shoe, or athletic shoe, you can show your foot to whomever. I don't care who it is. It could be the OB. It could be anyone. Just say, hey, can you look at this? Yeah. So um, I know that's what I've seen, which is unfortunate. Um, and I know that nationally, that's what we've seen as far as uh, from a podiatry standpoint. Well, you know, and I thought that the thing that you were going to say was that since people had more upper respiratory symptoms, that there was a shortage on Vicks Vaporub and you would probably not be as busy because people were taking care of their issues at home. That's what I thought you were going to say. And you came All right. Dr. Owen just speaking in jest because every, every time we have a foot show, someone calls in with their home remedy for toenail fungus, which is Vicks Vaporub. I, I just knew it. It was going to be the Vicks Vaporubs on short supply. And everybody is taking Fung care of it. going crazy. Fungus <laughs> going crazy. Well, I haven't seen that, Doc, uh, as of yet. I will say that. I have not seen that. Guys, the number is one eight seven seven mpv ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Or you can drop us an email to women at mpbonline.org. We don't get to the emails during the show, but we do respond to them after. So if you have a question, we, you know, we like to get Dr. Thomas uh, in with us regularly because um, it, this seems to be an issue that a lot of people have uh, questions about. But we hadn't seen her in a, in a little bit, so please make sure if you are if you are a new listener and haven't had the opportunity to um, ask questions about your feet, or if you're a person who is still battling with some chronic foot problems, we have our um, our foot expert in with us today, and we'd love to take your questions and your calls. All right, Dr. Thomas. So when do you need to see a podiatrist? So for the people out there that maybe have been putting off kind of having something checked out. I mean, starting with like foot pain, uh, when should you bite the bullet? And even though it's COVID and even times of not COVID, when is it time to really seek help from a professional when your feet are hurting? Well, I would say not just the foot, but anything. And maybe this is just me. But to me, after two weeks minimum and the pain hasn't resolved, you should see someone, whether, you know, foot, ankle, leg, it doesn't matter because something's wrong. Uh, what I am finding is that a lot of people are using uh, Dr. Google a lot. And so I will have patients come in and they have tried different things that they've seen online um, prior to coming in. And some of the information is helpful, but some of it uh, can be misleading and uh, start patients on the wrong track in terms of their health. Well, yeah, because Dr. Google is practicing medicine without a license. This is correct. Yes. And he's worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> and has graduated from Nary, a medical school. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing yes. that out there. Yes, yes. But Dr. Google is still powerful. Um, <laughs> I, I have to have conversations with Dr. Google ever so often. <laughs> So don't go to Dr. Google, go, go to your, your family doctor, whoever's your yes. regular physician, or, you know, go see a podiatrist. You may get referred to one or um, you may decide to see one uh, right off the bat. Not everyone, I think, uh, kind of totally understands the benefits of going to a, a podiatrist or what is different between seeing a podiatrist or maybe seeing a uh, uh, medical doctor who's like maybe an orthopedist who specializes in feet, but um, 
And a, I, agree. I get that question a lot mm -hmm. in terms of sure. the, the difference. Um, and I have a good, a pretty good relationship, I think, with the orthopods. And what I remind patients is this: um, orthopedic is called orthopedic surgery, right? So a lot of times their treatment regimen may or may not be more surgical based and there's nothing wrong with surgery if it's needed. However, as far as the difference in how we probably see things, I would say the biggest difference is probably gonna be on biomechanics. Uh, that's probably gonna be where we start to diverge a little bit in terms of seeing if there's a way you can resolve the problem to understand the biomechanics of the human body and how it works. Uh, because most of your problems can be from something you've done. You know, I tell my female patients all the time that love to wear three inch pumps. Yes, that's a reference to some people. Um, that once you go over two inches, you automatically are setting yourself up for knee replacements and hip replacements because it changes the torque of your body and where it is. And so, you know, you think about how many women have to have those surgeries and they didn't play football. They didn't have this major trauma. Why are you having so much degeneration of your joints? It's not because, well, my grandmother had arthritis, so there go I. A lot of times it's something as simple as, look at what you've been wearing for 20 years. What do you expect? I love Dr. Owens. Dr. Owens making a face. Yes. Look, so see, I think that I think that Dr. Thomas is trying to make this personal. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I'm sitting here listening to her, and I feel attacked. Um, Don't be. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm totally kidding. Um, but no, seriously, I think um, that's actually a really a really good point because um, a lot of things that that women undertake for the sake of fashion can definitely impact. Um, how the because it changes the the normal comfortable way that your body is designed it makes alterations and we have to make adjustments and so when you think about how we walk or if something's wrong with your foot and your body makes the adjustment to accommodate or to make it less painful or um, to relieve discomfort or pressure then that affects or changes your alignment in other ways. And so whether it is just with the local part of the foot itself or if it's related to other joints in your body, I think that's a really good point. And nobody thinks about that when you put on six-inch heels. You think about breaking your ankle um, if you've never walked in them before, but you don't think about having knee problems or hip problems. And nobody tells you, when you put on six inch heels that you're going to have knee or hip problems unless they're like podiatrists. Um, but everybody else says, wow, your legs look great. Um, or those are some really sexy shoes. Um, so, so you have, which is, which is a great thing to hear. So it is, but you can still look good with two inches, believe it or not. You can those still are called more. kitten heels and they, those signal a transition in your life. Um, that everybody understands, and that's okay. And, and that is why that. I tell my patients that want to wear those heels that my orthopedic colleagues will love you later. And, you know, you look great. I'll see you soon. Yeah, and it, but it's funny when you said that, it made me think because, um, I, as everybody knows, I do. I love heels. Um, meeting 
and becoming friends with Dr. Thomas has, has greatly changed my, my, my shoe game. Um, but the other thing is that, you know, I, I do sometimes, um, I've noticed changes in my knees that I have attributed just to, you know, wear and tear over time as in my life as a former athlete. So I kind of attributed all of that to, um, athletic wear and tear, um, much more so than I ever did associate it with, you know, something as simple as the shoes that I chose. Um, so when you said that, it just kind of, I thought, Oh, well, that might've also been a contributing factor as well. Um, and the good thing is I'm not at a point where I need surgery or anything like that, but, uh, I just think that, uh, it's, it was interesting to hear you say that because I don't, women don't, we don't get that kind of reinforcement about those kinds of things. And there's so many things when you think about, these women who are using corsets and pulling their waist so tight and squeezing all their internal organs, you know, to, to achieve this, um, this ideal shape or to try to make their waist smaller or what have you, not really thinking about what, if any implications that has for, for your overall health, um, as you are chasing, you know, a particular external, um, an external appearance. Well, speaking of shoe choices, you know, when people get bunions, is that due to wearing like a pointy toed shoe? Is your foot trying to meld to that shape or is it caused by other factors? Everyone's seen a foot of someone who, or maybe you have bunions. It's such an extreme deformity kind of what, the way that it forms. What causes that? Is that also because of shoes? That's where that word biomechanics comes into play again. Um, what we fail to realize is that I always say the foot is like the foundation to your house. So if the foundation is not put in correctly or supported, the house starts to shift, right? So we have created as a society a space to walk on that's hard. We were not meant to walk on hard surfaces, but we came up with it and thought it was a good idea. Then we jammed our foot in the shoe and says, okay, let's go. So that's the, that's some of the issue. So what happens is I will have someone, for instance, with a flat foot that doesn't realize that they pronate when they walk and they will wear a shoe that is not helping with the pronation. And over time, the tendons start to compensate for this abnormal gait and it starts to shift and cause the bone to shift out. Mm. And that's so, the bunion, huh? So that's, that's the bunion. It sounds so cute, but it's really not as cute as it sounds. Oh, like it's not a bunny. It would be something really cute, but it is not. It and and you know, no, it's not cute. And and they can they can actually be pretty painful, from what I understand. People Very say that they can be excruciatingly painful to the point that you know they either have to change their shoe gear or they would prefer you know not to have anything around that part of their foot because right. it's so uncomfortable and not only that not just the bump that you see it causes deterioration of that joint just like you would in a knee or hip so you'll see degeneration generation changes around the joint itself which leads to early arthritic pain um, bursitis they can have the same little bursa sac like you would see on a knee or or hip uh, can cause a lot of pain and the worst thing for it is we wear shoes. So on top of all this pain, I still have to wear a shoe because our society requires us to what? Wear shoes. Wear shoes. If you end up, if you take the, this, if you end this show by saying that we should all just be barefoot, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
Well, it's too much. <laughs> it's, it's, I can't do that. <laughs> well, on that note, it's time for our first break. We have a caller on the line. So, Simone, you hold on there in Poplarville. We're going to be right back. That number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. This is Southern Remedy for Women from MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes that was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. I am uh, Dr. Dr. Brown. Brown. I'm Dr. Brown. I'm here with Dr. Owens and Dr. Thomas. Boy, we have some boring names today. We need some excitement. Uh, We are here talking about feet. Dr. Thomas is a podiatrist at the Premier Foot Clinic. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Someone's dinging and banging. I don't know who that is. <laughs> We're going to go straight to the phone line to Simone, who's calling us from Poplarville. Hey, Simone. Hi, ladies. Well, hello. Um, What's your question? I wanted to share. Y'all were making me laugh with the bunion. Uh, trying <laughs> diagonal subject, but I wanted to say I used to, uh, yeah for many years I dressed to the nines for work every day and I had all these gorgeous high heels, and um, then when I ended up with ruptured discs in my lower back, and the surgeon was asking me questions trying to figure out what caused this, and he he put his finger on that he said all of these walking around in, in those, you know, elevated heels like that, they're all setting themselves up for lower back problems. Absolutely. That's, that's, I've neglected to mention the back, but yes. That's what I wanted to share. Yeah. I mean, he said, he just, he, and I've never, I can't even, I wear, you know, good, good walking shoes, Tennis shoes, as old timers call them, but you know, but nice, good support shoes. I cannot wear any kind of heel, and that's just fine. Well, now that um, you now that you have um, transitioned over, do you do you notice a difference? Like, do you feel oh my like God, you I have less? Walk. I cannot walk. I I can buy. I haven't done it lately. I learned. I would buy a pair of shoes that had a nice inner sole, and I'm not lying. Elevation might have been a half inch or less from from the pad to the heel. 
I'd throw them away after wearing. I can I can wear full type of heel. It, it mm-hmm. causes agony. So yeah, I, I wear flats, very very with, with support. You know, good soles, but flats. Not like you know little flat sandals. I can't do things that don't have a support. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, yeah for sharing right. that, and uh, so we know yeah talking about it, yes, saying oh my god yeah bunions and all those other things, but yeah the back he, I mean it 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 was he said positively that was his thoughts on what caused those ruptured discs, and he oh, said wow. all these people all these people I preach to younger women you know I see somebody say stop wearing the heels because in twenty years you're going to be getting lower back surgery. <laughs> No, well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's uh, yeah, yet another yeah. yet another point. It's great. I love I love the uh, attempt to do a teledoc call about your foot. <laughs> you have to be able to hey, get I, right do, I do those. They work. Yeah, acrobatic <laughs> position to show the foot. <laughs> that was good. But thanks so much for the show. No, absolutely. Thank you, thank you so call. much for listening. And I think we can stay on the phone lines, Allie, and now we can hear from Chad, who's calling us from Laurel. Good morning, Chad. Hey, how are you ladies doing today? Look, We're doing great. David, I got a big toe that's uh, a nail on it. It's uh, curling in on itself at the end, and it's kind of pinching my big toe. Uh, you know, from a third of the nail at, uh, up, uh, it's regular, and then the end, the two-thirds at the end of my big toenail has started arcing in on itself, and it's pinching my big toe, and sometimes it causes some rather extreme pain. Is there anything I can get to straighten out that curve? Because I've cut it back as far as I can trying to get the curve out, and it's not doing any good. Unfortunately, no. You cannot, once that damage has been done to that nail, it will have to be removed. Um, you may have some type of infection or something that caused it to curve, so I'm not sure. But just listening to the way you described it, it probably would have to be removed and uh, a new one would grow back. Okay. Is that something I can do at urgent care or do I got to go to a podiatrist? I would go to a podiatrist. I wouldn't go to your urgent care facilities. That's not something they do on a regular basis and it may be a little more uncomfortable. Okay, thanks, Ooh, Doc. No one Appreciate wants to get their toenail removed. I know. It's not really not bad. Oh, yeah. come, come see Dr. Thomas. She'll snatch it right off. Oh, we don't use that word snatch, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, ladies. All right. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. So, okay, so you, uh, we start. So, Chad kind of brought up a, an interesting issue. This, um, so, taking off the nail. Yes. How exactly does that work? I thought it was kind of cemented down. Um, it's not cemented. Well, you know what I mean. Not like yeah. real cement, but like I, mean, I do cement, have to. Right? I do have. We have instruments that go underneath the nail to lift it up. Remember, you're under local anesthesia, so you would not feel anything other than a little pressure. Similarly to if you had a cavity filled or a tooth extraction. You know how you know they're in your mouth, but you don't feel anything. So you're saying anything. popping off nails is like pulling teeth. <laughs> I'm gonna use that analogy because that'll help you. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna just put it out there. Doctor Owens will cut a child out of the mama's stomach. I will do autopsies, but the thought of 
pulling off someone's toenail has made us both make a crazy face. Like we just yeah. can't even think about it. Why is that? I guess. <laughs> I have no clue because um, <laughs> I, I can't answer that why you guys are like that, but you're not alone. A lot of times. Right. I feel I like it's see, common, right? Yes. Yeah. I would see that reaction from um, some people. Um, that's actually a test. If you're going to work for me, as far as staffing from nurses or whatever, if they make a face, I go, uh oh, I'm in trouble. So, but it's not, it really, isn't, it really isn't as barbaric as it sounds. Yeah, um, I think I think about it because like I hurt myself once in that way. And we probably all kind of stubbed our toe real hard or maybe even pulled off a nail traumatically. But I guess the thing to remember is that this is done, in, like you said, in a controlled exactly, circumstance. Right. Under it's, anesthesia. It's under anesthesia, under a local block. So a local block. It's done in the office. Very simplistic. It does take a nail about nine months, though, to grow back. Oh, like a baby. Like a baby. That's what I say, actually, Dr. <laughs> I'll say you have a new baby that will tell me. For their toenail. I love it. This is great. Um, okay, we got it. Well, that's that's um, really interesting. We do have another caller on the line. And so we'll hear from Janet, who's given us a call from the road. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Um, I'm 66 years old. I spent 23 years in the military, which means I spent a lot of time in boots, flat shoes, athletic shoes, doing a lot of training. I've run a couple of marathons, and I currently do triathlon training. So I've, I've never had any issue with high heels just because I've never worn them. What I currently have, and I have no problems with my back, hip, knees, or ankles. My left foot, my big toe is curving, sort of pulling over toward my smaller toes. And then at the bottom of my toe, kind of where it would be a knuckle that was on my hand, is bulging out. So last Tuesday, I went to a structural masseuse, which I had never heard of and never been to before. Um, and as she was looking at my feet, you know, for symmetry, my right foot has no problem whatsoever. So she starts feeling along my calf and the tendons that run down each side of my calf, down like behind my ankle on the left and right side. And she says, these tendons are very, very tight. And what those tight tendons have done is pulled that bone out of place, which has then shifted the, the large toe over to the left. So she gave me exercises and worked on those two, two tendons and said if I could work on loosening the tightness in those tendons, that bone would move back into place. My toe would then straighten out, and I would not need surgery on my foot. Um, is this common that people have these tight tendons that then start pulling all, all of their foot bones out of place? Okay, um, let's, I want to start with the, with the last part that you said so that there's no, um, so that you don't have any misinformation. There is no stretching, massaging, or anything of any tendon that you're doing now that's going to correct what you see. The damage, in a sense, has been done. Okay? Now, do tendons sometimes pull, and over uh, time, you have what we call compensation, uh, uh, 
you'll have other tendons and bones to try to adapt to some abnormal structure or abnormal positioning of the tendon. It's not really positioning. I would be more concerned of your foot, more so than the tendons in the calf muscle. And without seeing you, I can't say what's causing it, but I would wonder if there was some problem, some um, misalignment or not necessarily misalignment, but misdistribution of pressure when you were exercising, running, walking, et cetera. It's hard to say without an exam, but there could be something as simple as you have a limb length discrepancy that was caused by a muscle in the hip that was tight that caused a pull. But if you didn't recognize it and the foot didn't realize it, depending on what shoe you were wearing, there's so many variables in there, but I don't want you to think that you could correct a bone once it's shifted there is no stretching that could correct it. All right. So maybe getting a second opinion, going to see yes. a podiatrist, um, yes. someone who specializes in the biomechanics of the foot, not necessarily, you know, massage is great and functional massage and all that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, bone movement, it's really hard to massage out of that, right? I mean, it's really a Absolutely. soft tissue phenomenon, the massage. So, uh, yeah. Um, massages, massages can be great. And, and when you have tight muscles, it's great to have those muscles released. And, you know, even with that reflexology that people do, which, you know, is just when they put, um, their pressure points that are identified on the base of the foot and people, you know, will massage those. That's great. And it feels great. It's great to, I mean, you know, we're on our feet a lot. And so, Anything that you can do that kind of shows kindness and love and care to your feet, relaxation of those muscles that are there is great. Um, but using those kinds of techniques to try to change a, a, a bony abnormality is um, probably not something that's typically done. One of the things I would suggest, another thing I would suggest is, is you may... Uh, need some type of custom orthotic to keep your foot at what we call a neutral position that would hold where you are so it doesn't get any worse. It won't correct it, but it will prevent it from getting worse. You know, Dr. Thomas, it sounds like um, it sounds like um, Janet was is a really active person um, and, you know, but still is managing to experience um, some problems um, with her, with her feet. Um, are there other medical problems that people can encounter that kind of puts them at risk for having, um, problems with their feet? When you say problems with the feet, um, are you talking about the bunion or just anything? Oh, not necessarily. I wasn't necessarily talking about a, a bony problem per se, but I was thinking more like, I mean, I know that they say that people who have diabetes are at high risk for having problems with their feet, or they have to kind of make sure that they are, they get their feet regularly evaluated. Um, and then sometimes I guess people who have um, heart disease or other yeah. kind of vascular you, complications. You can find a lot of metabolic conditions that will show up in their feet. I mean, I have patients that sometimes come and I had a patient recently and she was complaining of numbness, had some swelling, was very vague, but I checked her thyroid levels and they were abnormal. 
So I ended up sending her back to her family doctor who was surprised and was trying to figure out why I was checking her thyroid. But it was because of the way she was describing her symptoms. I knew it wasn't orthopedic or biomechanical. It wasn't a functional problem. It was a metabolic, you know? You, you know that old saying, the feet are the windows to the soul, right? The feet. And with that, we're going to take our next break. <laughs> We have a couple callers on the line. You guys hang out on the phone and we will be right back with some remedy gonna for help, women. We're going to help Dr. Brown with her quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll be right back. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. Today, we're talking all about feet from a woman's perspective or a man's perspective. You know, you guys call up too. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 We are talking to Dr. Stephanie Thomas from the Premier Foot Clinic in Clinton. And we are talking all about all things feet. And we are going to go straight to the phone lines. Ray Lonnie is calling us from Hattiesburg. Is that, am I saying that right? It's Rolani, thank you. How are you? Rolani, very pretty. Thank you. I just wanted to say this is a wonderful show and the subject couldn't be a better one. I once had a toenail removed because it was being, I guess what they call ingrown. And when the doctor said it, I almost fainted. However, and I'm a nurse, so I just the thought of my whole nail coming off. But it was it was done. Uh, it was just like the doctor uh, talked about. It grew back, and it's beautiful. And I I once taught in the school of nursing, and I always would say to my students, if the feet are not clean and taken care of, then I don't consider the client taken care of as far as, you know, with a student and, uh, in nursing school. Uh, so the feet to me are very important. And the first thing I would check is the feet for any client, no matter what their problem, I would check the feet first. So I just wanted to say that this is a wonderful show. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I think that that's awesome. I think um, for me, one of the one of the reasons why I wanted us to um, when I first thought about doing a, a foot show was because that's one of those things that I feel like often gets neglected. But um, Rilani basically um, is one of the people who is out there, you know, in healthcare who actually paid attention to that. And so um if you are a person who is seeking care or if you are a person who is involved in the provision of care, um, you know, asking somebody, you know, how their feet are doing or if they're having any problems, a lot of times people will only, they'll compartmentalize. So they'll say, well, I'm at my OBGYN. So, 
I'm not going to talk about my feet because that's not really what OBGYNs do. But um, what we can do as um, as physicians, you know, as as part of your healthcare team, is we can get in touch with those folks or direct you to individuals who may be able to help you. So um, sometimes it's just about um, knowing somebody who can phone a friend in order to help get you in the right place. So never feel uncomfortable mentioning um, any health problem that you have um, when you are interacting with a healthcare professional, because even if they don't have the answer, chances are that they are not very far away from somebody who can get you um, what you need. That being said, I think we still have another caller on the line, so we can go to, I don't know, it looks like Z and, okay, Z in Crittenden County, Arkansas, we got, what did yes. they say, Arkansan? Hey, how are you? <laughs> okay, actually this question is not concerning me, but a friend of mine who's retired as a Navy SEAL, and I heard the lady earlier, she, she was also military. Well, he has a problem with numbness under the bottom of his feet. He was just at the VA a couple of days ago, and they were doing a shot treatment, and he didn't like that, so he told them to stop. But this has been going on for like three years, and it's not the toes. The toes are fine. It's literally the ball under the bottom of his feet that are just numb. Um, without talking to him, since we don't know exactly what <laughs> diagnostic things he's had done, um, no, I hope no, they've done more than just no, shock they've not treatment. done anything. They haven't done anything. I no, would no, suggest no, to no. him, and I know he's a veteran, and sometimes we do use utilize the VA, and they um, can provide excellent services. But it may be time for him to go outside of the VA system. If it's been three years, to just seek another opinion. Yeah, because when you say numbness, numbness is usually like related to innervation or nerve issues, and so right. there can be a number of medical things that can lead to nerve uh, problems or altered sensorium. And then there could also be things related to the back or it could be, you know, more local. Mm -hmm. So um, any number of areas can give you that particular symptom. And what he would probably benefit most from is a person who can A, do a really good exam and then B, kind of work systematically through those things that are the most likely causes, but it's going to really take getting a good story about the quality, the timing, anything that has happened in the past, and then kind of putting to that together with whatever they can actually feel and see on exam to determine what the next best steps are. But good luck to him. I hope everything works out. Well, no, but should he be encouraged to go back and finish off that shock treatment and the needles that they were, they were trying to determine the... Uh, ah, they were the doing a nerve conduction. Like, like an EMG yeah. or a nerve conduction. Okay. Right, but he, he does need to finish to that. He, that's the only way that that's, that's the way for them to know. And he may not like it, um, but I've had that test done, unfortunately, multiple times. Mm. It is uncomfortable, but it is not that okay. bad. So okay. to my military folks, I would just say, and I know this is going to sound mean, suck it up, buttercup, and, get, and finish the test. 
<laughs> I tried to get him to call himself. He's in California, actually. I'm like, just call this number. No, I'm not calling. You call. Well, yeah, that. But that is, I I can understand, and it's it's difficult sometimes. I think when people have a good understanding of why a test is needed, sometimes that will motivate you enough to kind of deal with mm-hmm. the part of it that's uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And so perhaps maybe um, he should just have a good conversation with his um, his physician and just talk about kind of what the issues are, why it's getting done, why it's important, what they hope to gain. A lot of times we as physicians mm-hmm. will just tell somebody, yeah, I'm going to order this test, go get it. And don't really do a good job of explaining why it's important or telling people sometimes what to expect. Um, And so if he was getting a nerve conduction study or, you know, any kind of EMG or anything like that, yeah, you need to you need to be prepped for that because um, that's not one of those kinds of studies that you want to go into um, without knowing what to expect. You need to be prepared for those for sure. Well, I think that was the issue. He was not prepared for that. Okay. well, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your call. And next, we're going to stay on the phones and go to Dave, who's calling us from Lumberton. Hey, Dave. Dave, are you there? Oh, we may have lost Dave. I was going to ask Dave, where is Lumberton? I'm not familiar with where that is. Owen, do you know where Lumberton is? I've heard of Lumberton, but I can't tell you exactly where it is. Maybe Dave will call us back and tell us. All right. Call us back, Dave. We're looking for you. We're looking for you. So, um, guys, I was just looking at the at the clock. It is crazy how this time has flown. We really only have like about six more um, minutes left in the broadcast. So, um, Dr. Thomas, ma'am, what kind of so other than other than addressing the ills of of high heel shoes, um, what other words? What can you tell us about just routine good foot care? What does that look like? It's a deep question. Yeah, yeah, because this is what I would say, and I've said it before as far as take-home message. There's this thing that, and we got, we guys have seen it with patients. Uh, don't ask, don't tell. Uh, there's a with them not. They know something is wrong, but they won't say anything. So I guess for me, instead of just saying good health, not only looking at your foot, and if you see anything that doesn't look like it did, you know, two days ago, if it doesn't look normal or if it doesn't feel normal, instead of we were talking um, briefly about Dr. Google, um, ask whomever, whether it's your family doctor, your dermatologist, your OB, if that happened, you would see less problems out of the foot. Or um, and there's this thing about people assuming that if my feet hurt, it's okay and they make excuses. And so I think that the take home really is, you know, even if your doctor doesn't ask, tell, and just say, hey, this is bothering me. I see Dave is back. All right, Dave, we're gonna go to the phone lines. What's up, Dave? Hey, good morning. I, I'm sorry that you couldn't hear me. I think you pushed the wrong button. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm calling up about, um, also what the last caller was calling about, some numbness in my feet, but um, mine, Mine had started years ago, and I didn't have any insurance, so I never did anything about it. And um, just about a year ago, I uh, still didn't have any insurance, so I went and bought these um, pills. It's, it's, I, I think I had some uh, form of neuropathy, 
it started um, in my toes and, and just kind of worked its way back uh, to the point where my feet are now numb pretty much all the way from the big toe to the ankle. And um, it's I've, I've been taking these uh, neuropathy nerve pills. And they don't seem to cure anything, but they it, it's, it's stopped the spread. Um, I, I now have insurance. Uh, I just turned 65, and now I, I have Medicare, and I just wanted to know what is the treatment for this type of neuropathy, and would insurance cover that from that? Um, as far as the pills stopping it, not sure if the pills stopped it or not, or just stopped on their own and it had played out its course. Um, there's so many reasons for someone having numbness. So I would say, yes, there is always treatment for whatever it is, but first we, we need to find out what's causing it before we find out the treatment. And it could be a number of things. From we mentioned, uh, whether you're diabetic, whether it's a structural problem that's causing it, it could come from your back. It could be a number of things. So it's, it's hard to say with just a phone call, but definitely yeah. you need. a Yeah, it, I would say definitely go to um, either start with your family physician. I don't know where you're located, but start with your family physician to start there. And because you want to make sure since it's in both feet that there's not something metabolic going on. Okay, and that type of a test would then lead into some kind of a treatment. And um, since I have Medicare now, uh, would that you think that would be covered? Yes, sir. I wouldn't even worry about that. It would be covered. Okay, that's what I needed to know. Thank you. All right, go get it checked out. Good luck to you. Lumberton is near Hattiesburg, by the way. So we have got about one minute left. Um, so we're going to go to Sue in Beaumont and see um, what Sue has to say. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. I, I just like to say I, I'm so surprised at nurse practitioners and doctors. I worked as a home health nurse for years, and first thing I'd say to my diabetic patients is, let's take off those shoes and have a look at your feet, you know. But I've never seen a, a nurse practitioner or a doctor to say that to a patient, even though when they have diabetes. You'd think that would be one of the things they would want to look at with every visit, you know. But they don't. Yeah, you know, Sue, I think you make a great point, and that is why we need all members of the healthcare team. Um, guys who are listening may know Sue um, has been involved in healthcare um, in the past, and she's absolutely right. But that's why we depend on each other. If one person doesn't get it, uh, maybe somebody else will. So that's right. When that's why we're doing this show today to kind of help people. You know, even if somebody doesn't ask you, make sure that you tell. But thanks to all those great nurses out there who've always wanted to lead with the feet. Um, and for all of the physicians and other folks who are listening, ask about people's feet. And if your doctor doesn't ask you, you make sure you tell them. That music means that it is time to go. It has, as always, been a great foot show. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for being with us. Um, for Dr. Allie Brown, I'm Dr. Michelle Owens. Join us next week at the same time here, same station. Here and now is next uh, on MPB Think Radio. You guys, be safe, stay well, take care of each other.